Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about getting the most out of those summer months and how they're critical to our success in the fall, winter, and spring. We're also going to analyze two videos, one from Tim Tebow, one from Shaquille O'Neal. They both teach incredible messages that relate to our mantra of eyes up, do the work, and they share some life-changing insights that we hope that you'll review with your teams and your children so that they can benefit from those incredible messages. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. All right, Dustin, how are you? Doing great, Shad. How are you, man? Good. At the start of this summer, I thought it would be great just to have a podcast where we talk together and give some kids some advice about how to get the most out of their summer in regard to training and progressing in their sport or whatever it might be. And so, but summer could be a critical time to really make up ground on people. If, if you feel like you're a little bit behind athletically or strength-wise or whatever it might be, technique-wise, there's some things that you could do that maybe others aren't doing. And so I just wanted to ask your, your advice to young athletes to get the most out of their summer so they could be ready for fall and winter sports and, and moving into the spring as well. Well, and I think I'll even address that to some of our older uh, parents that are listening as well and that you know, the summer is a unique time, obviously, because kids are home. So as parents, you know, we've got an opportunity to just, if we're working and we're away from the house anyway, we don't have the excuse anymore that I know my kids are at some place where there's structure and, you know, hopefully they're learning and being taught at school. We don't have, they could be home and many of them are, and they're watching TV for six hours a day, right? And they're not doing much. So as parents, it's it's important too that we understand, all right, I've got my kids, they're at the house right now. How do I keep them doing things, all right? It, whether I'm signing them up for stuff to do that's keeping them busy or if they're just home, what are some things I can take advantage of having them do at home? What are some things there that they can learn to make this a valuable summer for them so that when they don't, when they go back to school, they haven't developed a bunch of bad habits, right? And then the first three or four months of school, they're trying to get out of all these summer habits they made of, of sleeping in and not, you know, so they, they should have some things to do. We should keep our kids busy, whether it's some fun things, but there also should be chores and projects. And, you know, I mean, it's a, I told my son just the other day, there was a, um, his cousin was doing some working for a landscape company and he said, Oh, that would be pretty fun. I said, man, that would be great for you to go do. Even if you just went and hung out with them for a day or two, just to learn some basic landscaping tricks from somebody who's doing it for a job, right? Whether or not it's what you want to do in your life or not, it'd be nice to know how to fix a sprinkler head. So take advantage of that because you would be at school for five or six hours learning. Why not be home taking advantage of, of opportunities to learn? And at the same time, sure, relax, have fun. It's summer, right? We should do that. As athletes, you know, the same thing can be said for that. If, if you're awake for around 16 hours of the day, um, assuming you're sleeping for eight, I don't know, you know, kids, might, some kids probably sleep for 12 in the summer, but <laughs> others don't sleep much at all because they're going to bed so late. 
So let's just say it's still around 16 hours of the day. Well, before those 16 hours, you had seven, eight, nine of them were filled with school, something that you knew you were going to. Now you have all those hours back. So it really is. And I just did a, an Instagram post on this on our Instagram page. Do your habits and actions match up with your goals and ambitions? And if, if we look back at our first week of the summer and realize, man, I spent a heck of a lot of time watching TV or sleeping and not eating right and, you know, just kind of wasting time. If we continue with that, we are going to have a rude awakening come middle of August when the season starts up. So, you know, but as parents, we can say this to our kids, but it's, it's really our job to teach them about time management because they won't pick it up if we just listen to this podcast or, you know, some might, but, you know, parents would be super smart for us to have some things scheduled for our kids to do some boxes. They have to check every day before they go and watch the movie or play the Xbox or whatever. They do have some things they have to get done. And some of those need to be challenging and hard. And because if you're not taking advantage of those now six or seven hours, if you're an athlete and you don't have to be in math class for an hour every day or in history for an hour every day, well, that's two more hours that you could be lifting or running or doing something else. Mm-hmm. And so a couple tips I'd say, be careful with your, your diet during the summer. It's a little easier to kind of be just grabbing stuff from the fridge and the pantry and not really, you know, you're kind of munching on maybe things you shouldn't be all day long instead of you have to, it's, it takes effort to eat healthy. And if you're an elite level athlete, you need to fuel your body with, with healthy foods. You need to get sleep. So if you're going to bed really late, you know, and have to get up early for football or early for other things, you got a job or whatever, you can't be surviving all summer on five, six, seven hours of sleep and expect to be, you know, developing like you need to athletically, you need your sleep. Um, But then, yeah, just looking out for some of those, maybe make a note of some of the wasted hours of the day and what are the things that I'm doing during those wasted hours and then ask myself that question do those things I'm doing match up with where I'd like to be come the first day of school and if the answer to that is no I don't really need to be really good at Fortnite the first day of school (laughs) right or really good at Instagram selfies for the first day of school but I do need to learn how to dance or run or sprint or whatever we got to change our habits yeah, I love that the approach of kind of looking holistically at life and maybe putting some structure in. I think I know in in studying human development that kids benefit from structure. And so some things that that I've heard that I've picked up, I think everything I do that's good as a parent right now, I just watched another parent that I thought was awesome and copied them. You yeah, know? Sure. And, and uh but some things like uh if you have teenagers um, picking a book, you know, right now my family, we're reading uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People Together, just yeah. to help my kids to develop some things socially that maybe they they wouldn't have thought of otherwise and to make some goals. And so this week, we're going to read this chapter, and then we'll talk about it on Sunday, you know, and things like that, or helping them sit down and just time block some time. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and just look, when are you going to lift? When are you going to exercise? Let's make sure you have a good book as I already alluded to and to read throughout the summer to help you progress in an area that you want to. 
giving structure to a kid can make sure that their summer doesn't get away from them. And a lot of kids have lofty goals and they spend their whole time just sitting there kind of planning on doing it tomorrow. And I love that quote from the music man. Those who are always living for tomorrow will find they have a lot of empty yesterdays. And uh, tomorrows are made better by doing something today to progress. And so, so I love that idea of just sitting down and saying, Hey, where do I want to get and what's the map to get there and, and time blocking and making some goals and writing down some things so that kids can look back on those things and really say, Hey, yeah, I've made some progress in this area. And not everyone does that by the way, in fact, few do. And so they could make a lot of, make up a lot of ground in the summer. Yeah, Absolutely. Yep. We go from not a lot of structure in the summer to all of a sudden a lot of structure when first day of school and some kids aren't prepared for that. And uh, that's the nice thing about sports, I guess, is if you're involved in preparing for, you know, your fall sports, they have some structure. You have to, you're supposed to be lifting or running or at some summer events, camps and stuff. So there's some sort of structure, but I'd say the majority of kids in the summer are kind of just, you know, kind of, wheelie neely on what they're doing every day, you know, just kind of whatever. Well, and coming up with that plan, we've talked in previous podcasts that it's really good to ask people who've accomplished what you hope to accomplish, what they do. If you're a younger, uh, a freshman, sophomore to high school, the, the guy who's a senior, the girl who's a senior, who is what you hope you are when you're a senior, do you know how they got there? Do you know what they do in the summer? Do you know what their workout is and what their habits are? And and so sometimes being humble enough to ask people will really help you to progress and give you the knowledge that you need to in order to progress. I I think of Doug Meacham, who we had on, and when he got cut his junior year of high school, not many people go from getting cut their junior year of high school basketball to playing for a final four team like Doug Beecham did, you know, in college at all, but to play for a a team like the running Utes in those, those nineties is pretty incredible. But he talked about how his mom, when he got cut, he went home and his mom sympathized with him, but then said, what are you going to do? And he came up with shot charts and this plan, a systematic plan, Tyler Haas, you'll remember same thing from the time he was 11 and 12, he had a plan. He had a system, uh, dribbling drills and shooting drills that he did every single day. And so sometimes it's not just a matter of doing stuff, but saying, what can I do? What's my plan? And any plan is better than no plan to get stronger, to, to improve my shot, to improve my throw, to improve anything, yeah. uh, you know, a plan will help you get more out of it. So, yeah. so if you haven't done that, that'd be a great way to get a start to, to a summer. Any, any final things on that before we move to another topic, Dustin? No, I think that's great. Uh, we were both impressed by this video. We wanted to take a little bit of time. You know, Tim Tebow, very influential athlete, but also uh, a very Christian man. And and I appreciate his dedication to his beliefs. And not everyone listening to this will share the same beliefs or be a Christian person. But I think he makes a comment in this video that resonated with us in regard to Eyes Up, Do the Work 
and what we encourage athletes to do. And I thought it might resonate with our listeners. So let me play that video real quick. And then I would love to get your thoughts on how what he teaches relates to the principle that we try to get in the hearts of athletes we speak to of eyes up, do the work. So here's that video from Tim Tebow. Here it is. When I was 15 years old, I had the opportunity to meet a boy in the jungles of the Philippines who was born with his feet on backwards. And because of that, his village viewed him as cursed, as insignificant as a throwaway. But that day I knew he wasn't a throwaway to God and he wasn't a throwaway to God and he better not be a throwaway to me. And you know, up until then, and even so many times after that, in my life, I've been chasing someone that's been chasing dreams to be the best, to win championships, to win MVPs, to try to be the best, and there's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately on that day, and so many days after, God has opened my eyes to, what does it mean if you actually are an MVP, if you do get it? to be the most valuable player because ultimately ultimately that day he impacted my heart that the MVP I should be chasing is the most vulnerable people around the world. Because ultimately there is only one MVP and he died on a cross on a rescue mission for humanity and he has commanded us to go defend the weak, protect the poor, and go after those that are hurting. And let me tell you something, there are a lot of people around the world that are hurting. That means that we have a big job. Let's go get our job done. God bless you guys. I'll tell you what I love the most about Tim Tebow and then that little piece right there is that, like you had mentioned, whether you believe in the same stuff that he believes in and your faith, it doesn't matter. We, we, the point is, believe in something and be passionate about something. And that's that's sort of our war cry every time we speak. Is that? And I've gotten criticized for this before, Shad. Is you know, there's been some posts and some comments I've made about people who have spoken up about things that are contrary to some of the beliefs of people I'm close with, even in my own family. Um, maybe a little more liberal than kind of some of the, the people that I'm around and 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 believe in but i don't it doesn't matter i appreciate people speaking up for whatever it is they believe in even if i disagree with them i could be 100 on the opposite side of their thought process but i respect the fact that they believe in it enough to talk about it now if we can then have an open discussion and be accepting of each other's difference different viewpoints and try to find some sort of middle ground even if that middle ground is we agree to completely disagree, but I realize the other 95% of their life I like and get along with and we're good friends. We just have this major division here. We could solve a lot of problems if we would approach things that way. Tim Tebow has been a little bit of a polarizing person since college. There are people that hate him, hate him because he would take a knee in the end zone after he'd score a touchdown or he would talk about God in interviews and stuff. And so some people absolutely hate him. I think a lot of people that hate the the guy, it's really hard to hate the work that he's doing. He's doing a heck of a lot of good work, and you cannot deny that. You might think he's over the top and what he believes, or he talks too much about God or whatever. He shouldn't. You shouldn't be doing that on a football field or a baseball diamond or whatever. Fine, that's your belief, okay. But you cannot deny that he's taken the sport light that came to him first because of his ability to play football. 
and parlayed that into unbelievable acts of goodness across the world. Most of the kids, and I don't know if kids listen to this podcast or not, but if any of you parents listening went to their kids and said, hey, tell me what you know about Tim Tebow. I would, I would bet that the current junior high, high school kids don't even know who he is. Or if they do, they don't know that he played at Florida State or at, at, you know, for the Gators, I mean, at Florida, that he won a uh, national championship, that he's a Heisman Trophy winner, that he won a playoff game in the NFL as a quarterback, that he played minor league professional baseball. They just maybe have heard about him. But most people have heard of Tim Tebow and don't know his athletic background. A lot of the things I just said, and some people may have said, oh, really? I didn't know that. You know Tim Tebow because what he's done since. It's what he's done with that spotlight. He used his platform and continues to use his platform to stay relevant in the world. He never was a great football player in the NFL. He wasn't a great baseball player. He never made, he was not, I mean, he got cut not very many years into the NFL. Nobody wanted it. He was considered a bust really as a professional athlete. Most busts in professional football, six, seven years after they're done playing, you don't even hear, you have no idea what they're doing. They disappear and fall off the face of the earth. He's still out there doing all this good because he took this light, the attention he got from sports and went and did good with it. And he continues to influence the world. And this story that he just told about really the MVP should be us focusing on the most vulnerable people in the world is the, at the essence of eyes up, do the work, mm-hmm. right? When we say eyes up, we're asking people to look for the vulnerable the most vulnerable, all the vulnerable and do the work is to then do something to help those people. Right. And that's what he's doing. So like him or not, I respect the heck out of his efforts to try to do what he believes in. And he believes that's what he was called to do. That's his real mission in life. It wasn't to win championships and to win trophies. It was to use the attention that came from what God gave him physically and athletically to take that and go do what he's doing now. And he's more passionate about what he does to help other people than he was as a football player. And he was a heck of a high school and college football player. Yeah. I love most vulnerable people. Like I, when I listened to that, just that's what really stuck out to me that it, and it doesn't have to be in some far off place, like the example he shared, but we spend our time almost every fall, many, many nights a week going around speaking to a bunch of athletic programs, trying to help the athletes at their school do what Tim Tebow does, use their sport light and their position to look for and help the most vulnerable people in their school to be loved, to be accepted, to be seen, to be recognized. And so... That's a really cool, that will probably make our presentation next year, you know, going around, look, it's great to be MVPs, but be MVPs so that you can be MVPs, right? Be the most valuable player, make that sport light grow so bright so that you can look after the MVPs of your school, the most vulnerable people in your school. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Right. There's only going to be one MVP of the team or of the state or of the country or the, you know, there's one ba- major league baseball player MVP or whatever, but the, we can all be focused on the most vulnerable people. So that's something that everybody can do. And, you know, and that's sort of our, our request of people is that we're trying to get as many kids and adults as possible to put a wristband on their wrist, to simply remind them 
throughout the day to be more aware of their surroundings and be more around aware of other people and then to do things to make lives of others and the world better. Eyes up, do the work. Um, if we have 5% of the community doing it, a lot of good's going to happen. But if we could have 95% of the community doing it, we could change the world. And so that's, you know, Tim Tebow's taking his little bit of, 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 of impact and influence that he has, and he's maximizing it. And everybody could focus on, on the most vulnerable people in our community. And then asking ourselves, what can I do to be a little bit more influential in their lives? Um, I don't have to be the voted the team or the league MVP to be focused on the most vulnerable people. And so that might be the teaching point for coaches or parents and, and for us as parents to go to our kids and say, hey, do you know what MVP stands for? And I want you to think of it in this other setting, most vulnerable people. And, and then maybe make, maybe concentrate on who are some of those people. Who are those people you think on your team that are vulnerable? Not, and that doesn't mean physically disabled, right? Like the story he was telling. Sometimes vulnerable is an interesting word. Who's more vulnerable to maybe following the wrong crowd when school starts up again? Hmm. Who's more vulnerable to maybe quitting the team because they just haven't built the resiliency yet to handle the pressures that are going to come from their coach and then when, when practices start, right? Or, or who's got a situation at home where they're vulnerable to some things they're going to deal with at home that we don't understand that might affect their mental health when they show up to practice tomorrow because of what they just dealt with the night before. And so they're going to show up with a, maybe a different attitude. Maybe they don't have a hundred percent to give tomorrow at practice because they spent a lot of it last night dealing with a rough family life. Right. So they're vulnerable. So what do we then do in those people's lives to help them? And, and what impact can we have on them? And as parents, how can we be talking to our kids right now when we've got them at home more this summer on getting them ready so that when they go back to school, not even, and, and I want to wait until school starts so they can do it right now today. But for sure, when school starts, they go back with their eyes up and we can make a difference and next year's better than this year. And that's the whole point. Make every year better than the year before. And hopefully we can look back in 10 years from now and say the world's a better place than it was 10 years ago. You know, both of our dreams, Dustin, what if every athlete tried to and go after the most vulnerable and to help and lift people as intentionally as Tim Tebow did. I mean, yeah. that's the mission of our program to turn on that switch in, in more athletes' brains that they can make a difference. But I think of all of those who have an even bigger platform, what if they tried as hard to make a difference in other people's lives with the spotlight that they've been given I really think athletes have the ability and the power to change the world if if they could be a little bit more intentional about it. And there are some who do some incredible things, but it's just kind of a little bit sad that Tim Tebow sticks out as much as he does. And, uh, and you have these other athletes with much bigger platforms who do some good things, but could do incredible things if they would be more intentional about wanting to look after the most vulnerable. Yeah. So, Yep, absolutely. And that leads us to the other video. Really cool. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal shared this and, and he talked about how, quote, a geek saved his life. Yeah, how he starts it off. A geek saved my life. Uh, junior year in high school, right before the state tournament, I got a, got a 68. I got one test left 
everybody's bullying this guy. So I'm like, you know what? Because he was cool. Like, he never said anything. I never said anything to him. We called him McDougal. I wish I, I wish I could remember his name. We called him McDougal. So everybody was messing with him. You know, so I, I, I came to his aid. I was like, listen, y'all mess with McDougal, you got to mess with me. I didn't really know him, so I was sitting, and then he came to the lunch table. He was like, man, appreciate it. I hear you're having some problems in government. I can help you out. I was like, what, you want to tutor me? So every day after school, he tutored me. I love it, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit more about, expand a little bit more on this, uh, but it's pretty simple. Not a, you know, a crazy, miraculous story. Um, you hear about stories like this uh, from time to time, but it's very simple in that Shaq thought he just, he just saw something that was out of line and thought that he'd address it. And I don't think he did it with the intention being that this kid was come back and help him with his grades and help him with his studies. But the fact that this kid felt like somebody's finally in my corner happens to be the most dominating human in the world, maybe <laughs> probably helpful in Shaquille O'Neal. But the fact that he felt like finally somebody's got my back and his desire immediately after that was to want to give back and was wanting, would was, and I think most people are that way when we're, I hope we are. When people do something for us or help us, we sort of feel that need and desire to either give back to that person or to hopefully pay it forward and to give back to, you know, to other people. Um, funny kind of off the topic subject. When I said that, I thought of something that just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I was with uh, my kids at a little little water park and there were these tubes that you had to rent and you could go around this little lazy river by yourself, or you could rent these tubes, but the tubes were pretty expensive and I didn't get any for the kids. We were just, we were fine just going around with them. When we got out, the, uh, another guy was getting out with a couple of his kids and he said, Hey, we're leaving right now. Um, you guys want these for a minute before we go turn them back. And I said, sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. It saved us, you know, some money and my kids got on them. And he's actually said to me, he's like, Hey man, just pay it forward. He said those words to me. And so my kids and me, I was more excited about the opportunity that we were going to have when they were done to give that to somebody else, which we then did. We got done going around a couple of times. And then we went up to a family uh, that I could, a uh, 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 mom and a dad that were there with a couple young kids. And I could tell they were kind of struggling to handle them all. And it was, and I went over and said, Hey, you want these? And he didn't speak English very good, looked up at me, thanked me, shook my hand, um, super big smile came to his face. My kids saw it. And I was like, man, that's over an inner tube, like a tube to float on in a pool, like a simple act of, hey, we bought these, we're going to take off. Why don't you guys use them for a minute? But hey, do good for somebody else. And then us then returning it. And I, I mentioned, what if this guy we just gave it to and his wife turn around and do the same thing with those tubes to another family and make another family happy. Like all of a sudden a, a couple tubes end up bringing joy to people today, you know, and it's just that, that idea of paying it forward and Shaq did something nice for a guy and the guy immediately wanted to help back, help Shaq. And according to Shaq helped him, like he needed that grade in order to go. And you know, I don't know the rest of the story, if he would have been ineligible to, play or not play in the tournament or 
to go to, he went to LSU for college. Maybe that was a, a black mark on his grades that anyway, it's a cool story and cool that he remembers it all these years later. It's been 30 years for 40 years for him since he was in high school. Yeah. And I, one other little lesson I learned from that is sometimes in high school, some value is easier to see than other value. You know, of course, Shaq, I can't imagine what it would have been like walking around if Shaq went to your high school, yeah. how enormous he must have looked <laughs> at, a, at a typical high school. And so everyone recognizes his ability and and that he was probably going on to some great things with the athletic ability that he had. But then there was this guy that they called McDougal, and he had value too. And one of the things that we encourage our athletes to do is, is to really discover the value in everybody. You know, we do exercises when we have groups together where we have get to know you, where we help them learn to have discussions with other people. Because if you have a discussion long enough with someone, you're going to discover their value. It's not that we are treating people as though they're valuable when they're not. That's not how we train them. We train them to really get to know people because we believe that everyone has value to bring to this world. And when we take time to get to know someone like Shaq did with McDougal, we discover their value. And sometimes we give more permission for that value to shine because of the sport light that's upon us. Yeah. Then it allows that value to shine through when other people may not notice it or appreciate it. And I love that about this story. McDougal had great value. It was just going underappreciated. And one yeah. way we can keep our eyes up and do the work is look for the value that people bring to our world, recognize it and appreciate it and honor it and help other people to see it in others. That's one way we could do the work. Yep. Teach our, teach our kids this summer, going back to our, our initial uh, conversation or any athletes that are listening to this, a good habit to practice would be make it a, a conscious effort to tell people you appreciate them and to be very specific on what it is that they do that you appreciate, not just recognizing them, but appreciating them and pointing that out and telling people that. And uh, because like in the case of this, you know, uh, being appreciated led to a friendship and it led to, uh, you know, one of the most successful athletes of all time, 25 years later, feeling like he needed to share it with the world. It obviously had an impact on him that not what he did, what had an impact on him is what McDougal did back to Shaq, coming back and thanking him and then just saying, hey, can I help you with something? And and that idea of paying it forward and, and showing somebody that you appreciate them and then how can I help you? Um, if more of our athletes would do that and if more of our coaches and parents would would talk to our kids about it, and, and you know, I beat that point to death. When I say coaches and parents, I do mean coaches and parents, but I emphasize parents. Um, it's it's the parent's job really to teach the kids these things and and make it easy for the coaches to reinforce it. But it's the parent's job to teach it. And uh, so any of our parents that are listening to this, you know, good self-reflection takes some of these things we talk about and 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 what are we doing? Are we doing the work? You know, or, or is it today going to be the same as yesterday? And 
tomorrow the same as that. And it's just, and like you said, we end up with a lot of empty, empty uh, todays and yesterdays and just nothingness, right? So eyes up, do the work, man. That's awesome. And one other thing with that story, Dustin, I can't imagine how much easier that McDougal's life became knowing that that athlete said, hey, if you mess with him, you mess with me. Oh, yeah. Who, knows, him- who knows what could have maybe become of that kid right. if Jack hadn't stepped up and somebody stepped in to help him. Yeah. It could have been one of those tragic stories that we too often hear about and unfortunately have to talk about. Yeah. And the other thing I see in that story, I shared a little thing on our TikTok channel this week, but I was playing a game of of uh, knockout where people call it like a thousand different things. But you, if you make the shot before the person in front of you made their shot, then they're out and you have a line of people, you knock them out. Dustin, I'm getting old, man. I missed a shot. It was three feet over to the left. The other ball was on the other side of the court because the mercy, the person missed it real bad. So all I had to do was jog over, grab this ball, do a layup. And I kind of shifted to the right to go jog over and get this ball. And it felt like my right calf exploded. I don't know exactly what's happened. It could be my ACL. It could be my calf. I don't know. It's feeling a little better now. But I was in charge of this conference that I was leading, right? And I couldn't flex my leg. I don't know if you've ever had that, like... I couldn't go up. I couldn't go down. I couldn't go on my toes. So I was walking like a peg leg pirate with my, my heel touching the ground. It was super obvious, but I hate attention when I'm injured. You know, it was just like, so I'm trying to sit down as much as possible, but my calf is just swelling so bad. And <laughs> I stand up and I'm, I'm walking out peg legged out the back uh, just to kind of flex it around. And, and this guy, Brian, good friend of mine, comes to the back of the the room we're in and I go out into this foyer and he comes out and he's like, Hey man, you okay? And I said, yeah, I just did something to my calf. And he said, I have some ibuprofen in my car. Do you want me to go get some for you? And what do we do? You know, like too often, especially guys, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm okay. I'm fine. I just need to move it around. And my friend, I'm grateful for this. He looked at me and he was like, dude, why why? You're just going to move it. Have you already taken ibuprofen? I was like, no. He's like, why don't you let me give you ibuprofen? And he didn't (laughs) even give me a choice. He just walked out in his car, got some ibuprofen, came back, gave it to me. I took it. But one of the things that's also cool about this story is that Shaq was humble enough to receive help from someone. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes athletes, we have this tough guy, tough girl, like we don't need anyone to help us. We're the ones who help others. You know, and some of us are fine being the shack in that scenario that helped, that made sure someone wasn't bullied. But there's also this meekness and humility that we need to develop in order to realize that everyone, that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that you you love and that you share, yeah. that to every man I am is lesser in something and to that I learn of him, right? Yep. That we got to be humble enough to receive help and to, and courageous enough to give help. And I love that about the story because we definitely don't want our athletes to have the perception as we go around and teach them eyes up, do the work that they're never the one that other people are doing the work to try to help. And if we can create this atmosphere where we help people and we receive help from people that helps other people to feel valuable as well 
to be able to give the help necessary in areas that they're stronger than us. And I think if is we're better at both of those, and I see both of those in this video, teaching our kids intentionally, you go help others. And I think oftentimes, you know, I personally, I pray with my kids when they leave in the morning, same prayer, Dustin, almost every day, in addition to some other things, of course, but I will always pray with them to notice those who might need help and to have the courage to help them and to be intentional, whether it's prayer, conversation, a reminder, a mantra, something like that, yeah. just, just to remind our kids as they go out the door, hey, keep your eyes up and you look for people and you lift them. But also, it's good to remind our kids, let people help you. Yeah. Don't, don't act like you're too cool to be helped or, or too strong to, to need to ask for help. Yep. And so I saw both of that in that story. I thought, yeah, that's great. great well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I hadn't, I didn't see that angle and that's that being humble enough to accept the help and, and, and say, thank you. And I appreciate that. And I need it. Um, that's yeah, that's a great point. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks Dustin. Thanks. Yeah. Man. I hope you have a great yeah. week. Likewise, brother. All appreciate right. You, bro. you too, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Sportlight podcast. Subscribe share it and keep your eyes up and do the work this has been the Sportlight podcast from especially for athletes sponsored by coca-cola you can learn more about especially for athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org you can also learn more about the book the Sportlight by shad martin and dustin smith at especiallyforathletes.org book